keep that. Just stay up here with me. Take me down just a little bit, Mikey. I'm kind of feeding back just a little bit. All right, welcome. We're so glad you're here to Church on the Hill. We are, uh, I want to give a couple shout outs. First thing, Wednesday night, meet and three. Wednesday night's going to be a meet and three. All right, so come out. We've been having a full room for our small group. Great message this last Wednesday on a root of bitterness. Um, a testimony was shared. It's so good. I want to encourage you to come. We've also got some great things for our young people. Um, and if I could give a shout out to that, uh, Colin, who's playing cello up here, sang one song. Ruth Ann sang the other song. That's our youth lead worship leaders. Yeah. That's what's going on back there in youth every Wednesday night. They get back there and have been doing kind of an acoustic set and just really worship the Lord. And man, can't they sing? Amen. Amen. Colin finally got to do one this week. And after he did it, I said, by George, you'll get to do another one. It was so good during practice. You could just feel the presence of the Lord and you could just feel his spirit. And it was just so good. Um, I also want to say that Thank y'all for being here through the snow. I know there's not much snow, but if we're going to change our schedule, it will be on the website. Go to the website. It'll be on the front page. Pastor Justin, do you hear that? It'll be on the front page. It'll be on one of those scrolling uh, PowerPoints or whatever you'd want to call it, the presentation that one of those scrolling uh, images on the front. So like for... Uh, uh, Dave Ramsey today, we are not postponing. We are going to still meet at 1.30. If the church is going to postpone or cancel children's ministry or do anything, it will be on the website, okay? So if it's not on the website, come. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's dive in. I want to uh, just start off. We've been talking about leaving Egypt and taking our promised land. Taking our promised land. So I, I want to just dive into Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in all heavenly places. You are not battling people. You are battling spirits. I want you to know that every person alive was created by God. But the problem is when we get in a battle, we get in a spiritual battle. We start dealing with unforgiveness. We start dealing with a lying spirit. We start dealing with these enemies that want to come in and take over our land. We learned last week and the week before about the enemy of the Hittite, which is fear and dread, a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Those that are struggling with fear, it's time to battle that fear. So today, uh, as we see here, we are not battling people. You may say, yeah, but you don't know my mother-in-law. Yeah, you don't know my father-in-law. Yeah, you don't know my spouse. <laughs> uh, you know, you see what I'm saying? We are not battling people. We are battling demonic forces trying to rip our relationships apart. Trying to rip our jobs apart. Trying to rip our marriages apart. Trying to rip our churches apart. You ever seen a church split? It's demonic. So let's start calling spiritual things spiritual. Let's start calling a spade a spade. And we are dealing with demonic forces trying to get us. Can we agree? Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 1 says, When the Lord brings you into the land which you go to possess, he casts out many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, Seven nations greater and mightier than you. 
they are greater. The enemies that we face are greater and mightier than you. That is you individually, you on your own. If you know, Scripture says that with Christ, all things are possible. Without Christ, nothing is possible. When you face these enemies, the only one we've looked at is the Hittite, fear. When you face him alone, you lose, and you lose badly. Anybody here ever had to deal with a spirit of fear? Yes. That thing is not supposed to be in your home. They're supposed to be cast out. They're supposed to be killed, removed, not allowed to come back. And when it knocks on your door again, you don't let him in. You acknowledge, hey, I know you. You go the other direction. And the only way I speak to that spirit is by speaking the word of God. My word doesn't work. You remember demons saying, hey, we know Paul. Hey, we know Jesus. Who are you? Why did they know Paul? Because Paul used the word of God. Who are you? What does your word mean to me? It means nothing. Use God's word when the spirit of fear comes knocking back at your door. Okay, I'm a little bit off track. Everybody, everybody ready? So let's back up. And Elizabeth, I'm just going to let you share the scripture. And I don't think I even have it to put on the screen. Um, you just read it for us. I don't have it, so just keep going. Oh, I do have it. Oh, good. New King James, hopefully. No, that's not it. Yes, second, second Corinthians ten. So I'm just going to start reading. There it is. Yeah. Ah, I had it. It's all right. Go ahead. by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and lowly among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some, who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. So verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, so they're not earthly, but they are mighty in God. So what's mighty in God? Weapons. Yeah, the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal, but they're mighty in God. For this purpose, which he goes on to say, they're mighty in God for the pulling down strongholds. And casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So, last week, um, Pastor Paul was sharing about fear and dread. And how fear and dread is an enemy. And I got up here and shared because the Lord had really kind of pricked my heart the week before, um, and I didn't move on it, and again last week, um, to share kind of where I struggled a bit, um, especially in the area of dread, 
And um, what began to happen um, is that people began to came, come to me after service and they said, how did you get free? Like, how do you do that? And so I think that what, what I want to share with you today is kind of like some how-tos. And this is not um, me. This is God's scripture. And so I want to take this scripture right here with you. And I want you to know what I do um, when I'm struggling with fear or with the dread. And let me tell you that this is very, um, unfortunately, tends to be common. It can be quite commonplace. And, um, and I don't just find myself um, using this scripture specifically with fear and dread, but also with things like unforgiveness. If I'm struggling with somebody who's hurt me or has said something against myself or against my family um, or against my husband, you know what? I walk this out too. And it's not any easier for me because I'm a pastor's wife. Um, in fact, I get to live my life in a fishbowl because I'm a pastor's wife, it's not any harder. It's not any easier. It's just different. And um, so I'm doing this too. So let's revisit this scripture um, in that idea of how do we um, do this thing of um, battling. I can't remember the name. Is it the Gurgisite? Hittite. No, the Hittite, sorry. The Hittite, because remember the meaning um, Pastor Paul taught us um, when you go back and look at that. Um, Old Testament scripture in the Hebrew. Hebrew word, yeah. Yes, that it, it means fear and dread. So let's look again at this and let's remember that verse 3 says, So um, we walk in the flesh, but we don't war according to the flesh. And remember, Pastor Paul just read that scripture to you about how um, there's arguments. Can you say it about spiritual arguments that exalt themselves, that it's the powers and the principalities of this world. So it's not um, flesh. We don't war in the flesh. And then verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, I want to tell you, this morning I was doing this. This morning I was doing this. And I was having to remind myself, that the weapons of my warfare, and so this is what I want you to do. This is the how-to. This is how-to. How do we do this? So because we remind ourselves and we start saying this scripture, the weapons of, my warfare, of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not earthly, earthly, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And that scripture goes on to say, and casting down arguments. And let me tell you, when I'm doing battle, when I'm doing um, uh, not not a fleshly battle, but battle in the spiritual realm, that there are arguments. There are arguments that come into my mind. And this happens to me, folks. This is very real. I was doing this this morning, that there's arguments that exalt themselves against me and against our calling and against our family and against who we are in Christ. And I have to remember, you know what? I'm not going to think on that thing. I'm going to cast that thing down because it's an argument that it's exalting itself against the knowledge of God. And we have to remember who we are. And I have to do that. I have to do it. And you know what? You have to do it. We have to remember who we are in Christ because the enemy is out there trying to lie 
And he's trying to get you to buy into. You need to be afraid. You need a dread. You need to hold this unforgiveness. And you know what? I'm determined not to do it. Because I love God and I serve God. So wait, let's back up. Yeah. What are the weapons, what are the carnal weapons? Guns? <laughs> so, you get, you get angry and mad, you try to control, you try to manipulate, you try to bring up stuff people had done to hurt them, to remind them how bad they are so they'll cave. We all do it, and it's usually our first reaction. The second somebody argues, we like to fire back with a dart that we know that will hit them right between the eyes. And those weapons take us the wrong direction. Before we look at what the right weapons are, we need to identify what the wrong weapons are so that when that comes out of your mouth, you think, oh, I don't need to focus on what they're doing wrong let me focus on what I'm doing wrong because the word tells me if I handle it right, this will be cast down. Amen. This will be put to an end. This will be placed in the hands of God for his judgment and I don't have to judge it. So before we go into where, we're, where we need to be, can you identify what you do? Not what the other person does, what you do. You can't control what the other person does. The problem is we try to fix things by controlling the other person. That's carnal. That will not pull down a stronghold. That will build one up. It'll build one up so high that you'll never get over it. Sorry, I kind of tangent. And, and, and thinking, too, not only because I think this applies to that and forgiving people, letting people go when they hurt you or hurt you, but also when we think about that fear and beginning to sister with that fear. Because sometimes I'll get fearful thoughts. I'll, I'll get these thoughts going on in my mind. I'm going to dread this certain thing. Um, dread what someone will think about me or say about me or do. Um, and so, so this is the thing. Um, we cast down those arguments. I just made that point earlier. But we bring every thought into captivity. And so let me tell you, I think that this is really key, that we take our thoughts captivity. And I can tell you, the way that I do this, and well, like this is just Elizabeth saying this is what I do, but when I get a thought that crosses my mind, whether it's I bet someone's ever talking or I'm afraid of what someone's going to think. Or I'm worried about my daddy's health. Y'all know we've had a struggle there. Or I'm, whatever that thought is, or I'm just hurt. You know, whatever that looks like for you. I'm afraid. I'm telling you, I'm the world's worst to not want to send my kids on trips. If it were not for him and Jesus, I would not let them go. So, so I have to take those thoughts captive. And the way that I do that is I literally say, Lord, I'm not going to think on that. I'm not going to think about sending my kids to Nashville and there being a car accident. I'm going to submit that thought to you. I'm not going to think that people are talking about me. I'm going to take that thought captive and I'm going to submit it to you. 
I'm not going to think about all the things that I've gotten wrong in my life, but I'm going to take that thought and I'm going to submit it to you. And then I start saying, and thank you that you have mercy. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning, that you're with me, that you go before me. And I start remembering who he is and who I am in him. So I take those thoughts captive. And we choose not to think on those things. And I bring them into the obedience of Christ. So I just want to remind you, like, where is your mind going? What is the thing? Because you know what? I guarantee you everybody's got a thing. A thing that you dwell on, a thing that you think about, a thing that makes you afraid, a thing that makes you dread, a thing that makes you really sort of mad at people. You know, what is that thing? And start taking those thoughts captive. I'm not going to think like this. Stinking thinking. I'm not going to think like this. And I'm going to bring them into captivity and, and submit those to the obedience of Christ. So over and over and over, I'm going to lay them at your feet, Jesus. Let me just interject. You've got to acknowledge your thought. Yeah, you can't deny it. Well, I'm not even saying deny it. You've got to acknowledge it. Yeah. So many times we act without thinking. Our reactions are due to thoughts that we have, and we've never even addressed the thought. You need to address your thoughts. You need to write them down and then possibly burn them. But you need to know what your thought is. What is the thought that I'm having? Now, how do I submit that to Christ? How do I take that thought and submit it to the obedience of Christ? Um, and I'm probably going to jump the gun here, but number one, your true north must be the Word of God. How does this thought line up with God's Word? So if you don't know the Word of God, you do not have some, anything to stand on. You must know the Word. Do you know the Word is Jesus? It tells us in John chapter 1 that Jesus is the Word. When we know the Word, we know Jesus. So how does my thought about myself, how does my thought about this situation, how does my thought about my calling, how does my thought about what I'm geared to do, how is my thought toward my wife, how does that line up with your word, Lord? You know what that does? That puts it wrapped up in the word of God. Now, we're going to be able to take that and say, is this true or not? I want you to know that a lot of your thoughts aren't true. They're a lie. Satan is the father of lies. We are battling spiritual things. The thoughts that are banging around in your head are spiritual, trying to get a stronghold in your life. How many here have a stronghold of a thought in your head? The tearing down of those strongholds are by you acknowledging those thoughts and getting them submitted to the obedience of Christ. Now, we are trying very hard to just walk out some basic steps of how to get your thoughts submitted. You ever, you ever want to submit a thought? <laughs> hey, can I have, a, I have a thought. My child wants to go to Nashville, and I really don't want him to. What she's just done is she's just submitted them to me. She's not submitting. She's just talking. 
hey, I've got this thought and I'm afraid to let them go. And I immediately say, they're great drivers. God's in their hand. We can't keep them in the nest all the time. I don't want to keep them in the nest all the time. Let them go. And she's like, okay. But all that happened there within the authority of the household is we just talked about a thought. We did not allow that thought to just run rampant and never let our kids do anything. That's not how God moves. God, Satan wants to keep you there, stuck. That's right. You shouldn't let them out in the cut. You're, they're going to get hurt. You need to leave them stuck right where they are. Are y'all with me? Like, for example, and, and that's a very real um, uh, picture of what's happened recently in our household because we have two um, adult children, an 18 and a 20-year-old. I can't believe we have an 18 and a 20-year-old. But they are driving to Nashville or Knoxville or even at times parts of Kentucky. And it is a fear of mine. It has been a fear of mine. You know, what if something were to happen? What if the car were to break down? What if they were to have an accident? What if, what if it's raining? And I have these fearful thoughts. And this is, this is the deal, is that fear breeds fear. So if I'm not careful, the very thing that I was fearing, I'm going to pass off to them. And then they're going to live this kind of stilted life of, you know, Mama always taught me to be afraid of this. What, you, what you've instilled in them is fear. Yeah. Not just that they didn't get to do the thing. They picked up the fear. And thank God. He, let me just say, thank God. He stopped me and said, honey, they're good drivers. You know, and God helps me. And I learned to take those thoughts captive and I pray. But as my children, when they leave me, I'm like, I bless you in Jesus' name. Come home with me. I do. I mean, I'm speaking the word over them the whole time they're gone. Okay, so, so, long story short, this is how I walk in this. And, and I just want to remind you, start taking those thoughts captive. I also want to tell you, I think sometimes some of our thoughts, they're not all lies and negativity. Some thoughts you need to have. Some thoughts are the Holy Spirit bringing conviction. And so it's real important that I discern and that I say, oh, was I hurtful in that? You know, do, do I need to go to my friend and reach out and walk in love and forgiveness? You know, what's kind of my heart here? And so I think that discernment of knowing, and that's one thing that I've always done when the accuser comes, what's that scripture says that says it's a grief? You know, that you want to you say, okay, Lord, what part do I have in this? What, what part do I have in this and what do I need to be doing? And so I just want to say this is delicate, but at the same time, when we submit them, when we take them captive and I submit them to the Lord and I say, Lord, show me. What do I need to do about this? And a lot of times it is a bunch of junk. A lot of times it's a bunch of stinking thinking. And it's fear and dread. And it's the enemy trying to make me second guess who I am in Christ. But I can tell you sometimes. Not just sometimes. But sometimes. 
a lot of times I get it wrong. And I need to go ask somebody to forgive me. I need to apologize for having a quick tongue. You know, there's those moments. And so, but you know what, when we're submitting our thoughts to God, we can trust that he's going to steer us down the right path. So take them captive. Let me pick back up. We get in the word. You must be filled with the spirit. You must be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians, uh, in Ephesians, it talks about be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk on wine. Don't be filled with the world. Be filled with the Spirit. Because she touched on something that I did not pick up on earlier, that sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, your child shouldn't go on that trip. It's not always a spirit of fear. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is giving you protection parent what you're feeling about the people they're hanging out with this trip they don't need to go on and we need to be be listening listening to the word listening to each other there are times that she comes and says I just don't think they should go and I'm like okay that's not wrong that's not wrong let's submit it to the Lord let's pray about it if we get a different check in our spirit we'll change our mind but for right now we care about our kids and we want them to do the right thing and we want them to be safe. The decisions that I make. So when we talk about this whole being filled with the Spirit, go back and read about being filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be asking to be filled continuously. The scripture in Ephesians about be filled is a continuously filled. Because I don't know about you, but even though I was Spirit filled at 17, I've ran empty a few times. I have to be continually filled I got to be in the word. I got to be filled with the spirit. And the spirit of Christ is the spirit of truth. You know what the Holy Spirit brings me? He brings me truth. So I want to, I want to share with you just for a second about truth. Um, do you know what truth does? It brings light. It removes darkness. How many of you know that when you've been caught in a lie, the second the truth came out, the lie lost all its legs. It was gone. Now it hurt. The truth sometimes hurts, but the truth's always the truth. And the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. So we be in the word, we must be in the Holy Spirit that when we have these thoughts, we submit them to the word. We start asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what about this self-loathing thought that I have banging around in my head about myself? Anybody ever have a self-loathing thought? You feel less about yourself. You think you can't do things. The second you, number one, when I write it down, I disagree with it immediately. My spirit does. When I get it in paper and I look at it, I'm like, Number one, I know God does not say that about me. I can feel it inside. And I know that's not me, but why do I have that thought? And I believe Satan's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's all right. Just put it back. Just hang on to that. We'll talk about that later. No, we must cast, get that cast out. We must get it cast out. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. I just want to say when I said that about the adversary, it's a whole nother topic about 
unforgiveness, but it's Matthew 5, 25. And I just want to say that because I've made mention. I'm not going to go there today. Okay, but I we can wrap that's up. that's right, yeah. Okay, do you want me to go sit down there? No, no, stay up here with me. We're going to pray together. <laughs> this is completely unscripted. Yeah, not that you can't tell that. But it's time that we start really, really dealing with real things. These things that are banging around in your head have a stronghold on you. And it's time for you to submit them to the Lord. I want you to ask yourself, when you, when you have a complaint, when you have a, a grudge against someone or something, I want you to ask yourself, where is the truth in this? Holy Spirit, where is the truth? What is the truth? And if all we're doing is just talking about negative things that are going on about other people, go to that person. You want to get something right, take it directly to the Lord. Then, if you get a release to go, go to the person. Stop talking. It says when there's a lot of words, sin is not far behind. So if there's an issue... Sometimes we need to deal with our issues. The Word of God says if, you, if your brother's got ought against you, go to him. Don't go around the water cooler and talk about it. Go to them. But back up. Find out truth. What's the truth? The truth will put an end to all the confusion. The spirit of truth will lead you out of confusion and into understanding. So I want to encourage you. And the last thing I didn't get to share is talk to the body. Tell your thought. Hey, Burton, I've got this thought. Do you know something about Burton? He'll tell me the truth. Whether I like it or not. Well, that's a lie. Well, it hurts my feelings. Well, I'm sorry, but it's a lie. Let me hug you. I'm going to make you feel better for hurting your feelings, but I'm not going to take that back. It's a lie. Can we please move forward? Or no, I agree with that. Word says this, I've seen this, I know the facts, let's go talk to the person, let's get this worked out. Stop this. Murmuring and complaining, God hates it. God hates it. You know, it talks in Scripture about nursing a grudge. Get off that bottle. Get off of it. Stop nursing that grudge and go, go take care of it. Let's take care of our thoughts. Is the thoughts I have godly or is it demonic? Ask someone. Ask someone you trust that's in the Word. They'll tell you. Amen? Amen. Right, let's, let's pray together and I'll pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you, church, this morning, just to submit to the Lord. Would you just, it says in Scripture that if we will submit to God and resist the devil, he'll flee. Can you acknowledge that God is God and you're not? Can you acknowledge that God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts? So your thoughts, there is a humongous chasm between God's thoughts and your thoughts. So when we submit our thoughts to the Lord, it is with the understanding that he is all wisdom and truth. And he is for you. 
God Almighty is for you. Scripture tells us that it is His good pleasure to bless you. So can we submit our thoughts right now, these, these things that are banging around, maybe it's unforgiveness or bitterness or just struggle. I hate that guy. God, I submit that thought to you and ask you for truth. I ask you for truth. Lord, I just pray that um, as we walk through this week, Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit would be with us. Lord God, that you would speak to us, Father, and that you would point us um, in, in this direction of being able to take our thoughts captive. Father God, I pray that you would um, prick each one of our hearts, Father, and that when we start to think on things that aren't healthy for us, Lord God, that aren't edifying, that aren't godly, that don't line up with your word, um, thoughts of fear, dread, unforgiveness, um, just um, negative thoughts, Father. I pray, Father, for each one of us here today, Father God, that you would show that to us. Lord God, that we would be um, strong. Lord, that, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. That we would begin to pull those strongholds down. Father God, that we would be able to submit those thoughts to you, to bring them into captivity, and to submit them to you. Father God, I pray that this week, Father God, that we would have victory over our thoughts. Lord God, that every person under the sound of my voice today, Father God, would have victory over their thought processes. Father God, that we would have changed minds. Thank you, Father, that you've given us the mind of Christ. And Father God, that this week is going to be different. That we're going to learn how to take our thoughts captive. Father God, I thank you for success. I thank you, Father God, that we live in victory. Lord God, that you paid a great price for this. Jesus, you paid a great price for this. And Father, I thank you that we're going to be victorious this week over our thoughts. Lord God, that we're going to live in victory and those strongholds are going to start coming down. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. And we thank you that you help us, that you equip us. And where we're weak, that you're strong. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless y'all. Y'all have a great week. If you've got thoughts that you're struggling with, tell someone. Tell your small group leader. Get involved. Get connected and get some people around you that speak truth into your life. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.